Okay, if you got the Bible with you, and I'm sure y'all do, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. And while you turn in there, I'll just pray a little bit. Grace, Heavenly Father, come to you tonight in Jesus' name. Father, I do pray that you'll help me to pass on what I have got out of this, uh, uh, these verses that we're going to study tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think what I will do, folks, is read the 10th chapter from verse 1 through about uh, verse 14 or 15. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door unto the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leaps them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not, what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catches them, and scatters the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. And verse 15, As the Father knoweth me, even so now I, the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, <clears throat> I used... Doc McGee's book, and uh, some of his stuff is word for word, and some is is the way I did it because it just don't make sense saying that I did some of the things he did. I've never been to Israel. I never actually seen the sheep fold, so I changed it. But anything that has to do with doctrine and interpretation all his. I promise you, Bill Wilson didn't add or take from. Now, <clears throat> I want to ask a question, and anybody can answer that wants to. Just raise your hand and have at it. What is the sheepfold? What's that represent? Pardon me? That ain't what I'm looking for, John. In in the the sheepfold, what's it represent in the Verses that I just read. 
Uh, no. No. Anybody else want to guess? If I was sitting there, and it would this be a guess for me and not get it wrong? So don't be bashful. Just speak up. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Uh, that's closer so far than anybody else, but that's still not what we're looking for. Nope. Going once. Going twice. Nope. Gone. <laughs> Israel. The sheepfold is the nation Israel, and it'll become clear as we go along. I won't be able to make it clear, but because I'm using his stuff, it will. So I'm reading now what he said. The sheepfold represents the nation Israel. Jesus is telling them that he came in by the door. He goes on to say that anyone who doesn't come in by the door but climbs in some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. This is a tremendous claim that he is making here. He came in by the door. He came in legally. That is, he came in fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. He came in under the law. Now, I need some volunteers. Mike, read Galatians 4.4. 4. Evan, you look up Luke 1.32. <clears throat> Robert, you look up for me uh, Micah 5.2. Uh, Eric, Isaiah 7.14. Margaret, Isaiah 11.1. 1. And... <clears throat> We'll stop there for just a bit. All right, go ahead and read uh, Galatians 4, 4. There is one body, one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. Wait a minute, Mike. I'm sorry. Are you reading Galatians 4, 4? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> didn't sound right. <laughs> I mean, I make a lot of mistakes, but that one didn't sound right this early. Uh, Nevin, you read uh, Luke one thirty-two. And Eric, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son. Margaret, Isaiah eleven one. By the time Jesus came along, the royal line of David had dropped back to the level of the peasant. Uh, there was no royalty anymore. 
Jesse had been a farmer down in Bethlehem. In fact, he raised sheep. His son David had the anointing oil poured on him, and that line became the kingly line. But when the Lord Jesus was born, he was just a branch out of the stem of Jesse, the peasant Jesus, uh, the peasant. Uh, Jesus was simply a carpenter. He is the Messiah, and he came in through the door. Uh, everything he done, he done in the power of the Holy Spirit, of course. Now, I didn't say it, but that was all in response to John 10, 1 and 2. And now I want to read the verse 3 of John 10. Unless somebody finds it, reads it for me. Yeah. To him the doorkeeper opened, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. <clears throat> now, the porter. Another question. Do you know what he represents in this parable? No. What's that? Oh, in verse 3, I'm going to give some comments, but the the word porter is mentioned. And then the, the story itself, I'm asking, does anybody know what the porter represents? No, but you're close. No, you're Yes. That's it. All right. <clears throat> the poor is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came upon Jesus, and everything that he did, he did. He did by the power of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit was opening the ears of his sheep to hear his voice. He leads his sheep out of the sheepfold, which is out of uh, Judaism, and then uh, verse 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, I found this really, really interesting, but I had to change it, because he's talking about when he was in Israel, uh, some of the things he saw, and since I've never been out of, uh, the United States except for the army. I can't say that I've ever been to Israel. A sheepfold is an enclosure where shepherds put their sheep for the night. The porter has charge of it. The shepherd goes away uh, and when and spends the night somewhere else. Uh, there can be several different herds of sheep mixed up together. And there's no brand, no marking on the sheep. Uh, all the shepherd does when he comes back in the morning to get them is to call them and they follow him. Now, I've always wondered, does 
the, the shepherd speak a lot of pet names for his flock real quick? Or has he just got a name for the flock? And it's not anything, it's not a trick question. I don't have a clue. I wish I did, but I do not. All I know is that they're not branded. They have no markings on them. And when the shepherd comes to get them, the porter, in this case, the man that's spending the night watching the sheep fold, lets him in. He calls the sheep and walks out, and they follow him. Pardon me? Uh, I know I'm... I know I'm missing something here, but it's, oh, he does. I knew I was missing something. <laughs> Let me read uh, John chapter 10, verse 5. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And it makes sense to me that God's people are hear God, and the ones that's not saved don't hear God. So the, the four-legged kind, they hear the voice of the person who takes care of them, and he fights for them. He, he does whatever he needs to do to keep them protected. And uh, if you look at it all that way, it makes sense. <clears throat> now he goes on to say, I believe some of God's sheep, stray from time to time, and I'll change this around a little bit because he's a lot, lot stronger than I am here. Some get into a legal system, some into a cult for a while, but after a while, the sheep will recognize the voice of the shepherd and return to the fold. Now, I'm, I want no raise of hands, no names, but just stop and think over the years, have you ever seen anybody... They was here for a while, and they left, and you scratch your head. Huh? Well, <clears throat> I, I have been in places where uh, people come and go, and they, every year or two they show up, and it makes you... All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> now, this is something I wrote myself after reading what he had to say. Uh, don't misunderstand me because of what I say. There's no way I can tell who our Lord's sheep are. But his sheep will follow him. His own wants to hear his word. Now, the four-legged little fellow ain't going to starve to death if he's got somebody, uh, uh, you know, bring them to water and bring them to grass. He's going to go eat it. And the only way we can grow is through the Word. If we're not interested in the Word and growing, well, something wrong. <clears throat> and now, I know many things uh, may cause a real believer uh, to miss Sunday school. They can be a tragedy. I know this last uh, four months, I think I've been to two funerals, missed Sunday, Wednesday, and all, but... Don't go to church just because you don't want to go to church. You could have a reason, but just don't go to church because you don't want to. There's uh, something wrong with that. But there's also something good 
when people show up regularly. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyway. Our pastor preaches to one as good or the same as he would to 30 or 40. But there's times that I've seen him look at that clock, and honestly, it seems like he's sad that people are not here. He's never complained, never said a word. It just looks like he's kind of sad, and he wonders where everybody's at. And I know he's thinking where they're at. And Randall Hartwell said to me one time when I first met him, it's very difficult to prepare a meal and nobody show up to eat it. The, the preparing the meal for the pastor wasn't a hard thing. It was continued to prepare them and nobody cared enough to eat it. And it's like us going to church. Do we, we say we love him and we pray for him and his family, but do we support him in ways that some other people might overlook? And I think that everybody here tonight does, or else you probably wouldn't be here. <coughs> but a real, a real born-again child of God not only should hear the Word of God, they want to hear the Word of God, and they will hear it. They may not all stay here. It doesn't mean that people leave go to another place, and um, they're not go, being fed. They might leave here because they think that they're not being fed. It could be e- either way. But before I was saved, you couldn't have put a chain on me and drug me inside the church. I had things I wanted to do and things I would do. But after I got saved, I shouldn't tell this after what I just said. It's probably 45 days after the racetrack closed and the little wreck hall where I got saved before I went inside the church. But I I just couldn't stand it. (laughs) And I was telling the deacon, and I said, uh, I got lucky, and I went in. The first church I went in was an independent, fundamental Baptist church. And he said, that wasn't luck. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know about that, but that's what it was. Now, <clears throat> this next thing I'm going to say could cause you guys to think that I've been drinking, but I can promise you I had a, a Pepsi and water, and that's the extent of it. Do you know in John chapter 6, I mean 10, verse 6, where it says it's a parable? That's not a parable. That, but somebody says, but Bill, that there it is, the second word in verse 6, this parable. I know that. <laughs> well, Dr. Luke, I mean, excuse me, Dr. McGee says that John never recorded any parables. So I was scratching around, and then the front of the Gospel of John, in his introduction, he explained it. And I think for verse 6 here, I got the correct spelling, and I just try to read it and then give you the reason he says it's not a parable. John does not give us any parables. 
But the word parable is here. But it's not the right word. The word for parable in the Greek language is P-A-R-A-B-O-L-E. The Greek word used here is P-A-R-O-E-M-I-A. This word means allegory. <clears throat> means allegories. So he says we got allegories and metaphors in chapter 10, but not a parable. So if you want to say anything about that, I wouldn't argue with you. I'm just telling you what he said and what I read. He says it's not a parable. It's uh, allegories and, and uh, metaphors. <clears throat> he says, John isn't giving us parables, but figures of speech to let us know something about God. There are, they are intended to uh, give us light on the subject so that we can see so it should actually read this allegory instead of parable. Spake Jesus unto them. And they didn't understand what he was saying because as he had said, they were blind. Now, if you, I didn't write it down, but you can check it out yourself in the last chapter, chapter 9, when Jesus is dealing with the blind man, they excommunicated him and they got him out of the uh, the synagogue and after they did that to him then Jesus found him and, and talked to him and he told him he said it is I that uh, you know opened your eyes and all that so <clears throat> uh, it's a little bit like that over in Matthew 13 and verse 9 and uh I've got that written out here, I think. Our Lord also said, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, there are lots of people who say, excuse me, there are lots of people whose ears hear the word, but they don't hear with understanding. That is, they don't hear it as the word of God. Uh, John, would you do me a favor and turn over to Isaiah chapter 6 and read verse 9 and 10 that goes along with Matthew 13, 9 there? Mm-hmm. I got it written down here word for word, but I thought I'd give you all a break. Now, there's people who can hear the Word of God just like us, and they won't accept it. And there's people who can hear the Word of God for the first time, and they'll ask questions, 
and they'll get interested. And there's people who uh, can hear the Word of God just on and on and on and say it's good for you, but that's not for me. And there's other people who hear it just for a little while, and they want more, and they'll get saved. And I don't know how to explain everything that Isaiah is saying here, and I don't know uh, about Arminianism and Calvinism any more today than I did when you give me those papers. Somebody's confused, and I, I'm one of them, but there's somebody that was able to write that's confused. And so uh, I'm not going to ever get in an argument over who can and who can't get saved. I just know what I believe, and I'm going to keep it to myself. All right, now, John chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. And then said Jesus unto him again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. <clears throat> and he says that when our Lord says that uh, I am the door, it's an allegory. If you had a gun on me, he said, explain an allegory. I said, just shoot me. I'm just repeating what I read. Said here the here he gives an, an allegory. He has spoken about the door of the sheepfold, but now he moves on. He moves one uh, more step and says that he is the door of the sheep. The Lord Jesus is the door for those coming out of Israel. They had just cast a blind man out of the synagogue and out of the sheepfold. And immediately the Lord Jesus had come to this man and revealed himself to the man. He became the door for this man. The man had been brought out of the sheepfold to the Lord Jesus Christ to follow him. <clears throat> and he says, this is the second great truth which our Lord is stating in this chapter. Our Lord will state this same principle in John chapter 15, and would somebody read John 15, 1 and 15, 5, verses 1 and 5. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. And see, so far, I mean, just hearing y'all read the Scripture, I can see how it ties in. I don't know if I'm making it clear enough for y'all to, to get it all, but it, it's going pretty good for me. Now, here's another. <clears throat> uh, I've got, I got a question for you. If the sheepfold is Israel, <clears throat> what's the... Uh, the vine, what's that represent? Absolutely. Do you know uh, any of the places where you could uh, read that this off of the top of your head? Okay. Give me three volunteers. Eric, you read Psalm 80, verse 8. 
Bobby, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 7. And Louise, uh, Jeremiah 2, 21. All right, Eric, please. Uh, Bobby? Louise? I'm sure y'all get it, but what he's saying here is Jesus is saying that it is no longer the connection with the nation Israel, but the relationship with him, which is the joining of the branches with the vine. They must come out of Judaism and come out from uh, oh, I can't, I can't make up my own writing there. I'm sorry. Uh, and anyway, after that one says, and come to him. He is saying that he is the door. Uh, remember, he's telling this to the religious rulers. But that just bothers me to write down something I can't even make it out myself. Maybe I will later. Sorry. Now, chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. <clears throat> I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief come not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Would anybody like to help me by just making some comments about that verse and how it's taught today? Uh, let me just make sure that that you know. Uh, actually, I, would, I should have said the one. Uh, verse 10. Yeah, I'm sorry. Verse 10. Uh, I'm sure he does, Robert. <clears throat> no, I'm going to give you what I wrote down now, and if it don't help you, then I'll bring the book Sunday, and you can look it up. Uh, John 10, 9 10. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the only way. He is the way out for you, and he is the way in for you. False teachers who profess that God must believe us 
excuse me, believe that God must bless us. Use verse 10 and don't take my word for it. Uh, just look at any TV station tonight when you get home that has religious programs. Or a religious organization, read up on, or a TV, um, excuse me, or a radio program. Uh, in that regard, it's misquoted a lot. He never come that we'd be rich. He never come that you could have a, a new uh, jet airplane. He never come that you'd have a big home, and he never come that you'd have uh, uh, money supernaturally put in your bank account. Uh, tonight, I want to record Roy Rogers and the Lone Ranger. It's on channel 578, our cable system, and I didn't go to 578. So where I landed, there was a, a preacher, and he was uh, talking about a supernatural blessing that somebody received because he prayed for their finances. And just uh, it was just a supernatural miracle. Somebody deposited 21000 and some odd dollars in their account the day that he recorded the program. Now, if you believe that one, I'm going to go in business for myself because I need some money right now. <laughs> believe me, I do. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I suppose that would be good. I don't know uh, exactly what he said. I didn't write it all down. And as far as I'm concerned, what you just said would be just as much valid truth as if I'd have said it because I didn't write it down. I don't know exactly what he means. I was more interested in how to get that 21000 than anything else. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, here's another question that comes between, uh, let me read verses 11 through 13. And then I'll, I have a question. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own is the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. Here's the question. How can our Lord be the door and the shepherd at the same time? John? Well, tell us. Mm-hmm. 
That, that covers the door part. And when you heard the message, what was the second part? <laughs> we know he's a good shepherd, don't we? I mean, we all know that Jesus is a good shepherd. That's what I'm trying to say. You're right. As far as, far as a human being goes, when the sheep were in there, the human being was called a porter. But a little while ago, I was talking about the porter represents the Holy Spirit. That is for flesh and blood humans. But for the animals, there was a man called a porter. And his job was at night when they were all in there was to lay across the door. There was no uh, doors on hinges like we uh, have right here. There's no locks. The man's garden is the sheepfold is slept in the doorway. So he was the door. And Jesus is not only the door, but he's also the good shepherd, the one who stays in the doorway. He's the door which opens to uh, eternal life. He's the one who protects his own. He is also the good shepherd. Jesus is also called the Lamb of God. How uh, can he be the Lamb of God and at the same time be the good shepherd? This may sound like a mixed metaphor, but it is one of the most glorious truths in Scripture. He is the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, John 1, 29. He came down and identified himself with us who are the sheep, but he is the shepherd also. Now, the fact that he became a lamb emphasizes the humanity of Jesus Christ. The fact that he's the good shepherd emphasizes the deity of Jesus Christ, or deity. And Jesus Christ has a threefold relationship to the flock, which is known as his church. <clears throat> Excuse me. He is the good shepherd. Verse 11. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. Hebrews 13.20. Somebody read that for me? Volunteer? Hebrews 13.20. Corey? Evan, you do for me 1 Peter 5, 4. Yes, ma'am. And Evan? Now, I'm kind of repeating myself here, but religious rulers fleece the sheep. And most of the ones that get fleeced are no relation to us. I can almost promise you that because if they were, they wouldn't fall for all that uh, phony stuff that them guys say. Uh, the people who are selling religion are getting rich. Uh but in contrast to all this phony teaching and, and all the stuff for money and the airplanes and the uh, Giorgio Armani suits and all that is much different than what our Lord did. As the good shepherd, he gives his life 
for the sheep, and he protects his own. Now, uh, John four, uh, John ten fourteen to fifteen. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life uh, for the sheep. Now. <clears throat> Jesus knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. But all through the nation Israel, especially in the northern kingdom, there was uh, false uh, preachers, teachers, shepherds, whatever you want to call them. And we won't turn there and try to read it because, as Bob said, I'm not going to take too long. But in Ezekiel chapter 34, you get a picture from the Word of God about these false teachers that uh, take, and it should scare them if they've ever read it. They should uh, repent and ask the Lord to save them, get on their knees and cry out because it's awful judgment for anybody who uh, misleads a lost person in order to get their money. It's terrible. Now, <clears throat> Isaiah 56, verse 10, 11. Somebody read that for me when we get done. I'm going to read Paul's comment on Isaiah, and then we'll be done. And I've got it marked down here, and why I can't see it in my Bible is beyond me. Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 1, 2, and this is Paul quoting from Isaiah. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. <clears throat> for we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and in truth and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. I'd rather die a pauper with bankruptcy than to be a false teacher and be worth $20 billion. I mean that by my heart. Let's pray. Grace Heavenly Father, thank you for the few minutes that we've studied this word together. Thank you for Doc McGee and pray for Pastor Elward as he comes home this weekend, his study time, and pray for the people here tonight that you'll bless them in every way. But Father, we know we're not promised. We're just asking. We're asking this in Jesus' name. Amen.